0: To
1: worship and adore the Lord our God. Thank you for joining us for today's Pulpit Hour, a message from God's Word brought to you by the Preaching Channel. To listen to this message in its entirety again, to download it, or to choose from a variety of other messages, or to listen to preaching 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Log on to WGCRpreaching.net.
0: If you would, to Luke chapter number one, then I'm going to actually preach today out of Matthew. Luke chapter number one. I'm glad, thank God, I know what matters in this world. And I'm glad it's Him. Amen. And And He is really. All that matters. Amen, you stand with me. I'm reading out of Luke's Gospel, chapter number 1 and verse number 26. Well, the Word of God said, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Everybody say that with me. To a virgin. Amen, one more time. To a virgin And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And don't you ever forget that. That Jesus Christ shall rule and reign from the throne of David. Amen. Amen. And he shall reign for, he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? That's her way of saying, but I'm a virgin. So it's confirmed by a number of different testimonies. Then uh, Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be seen? I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You can be seated and turn your Bible to Matthew chapter number one, Matthew's Gospel, chapter number one. Dear Lord, please today add your blessing, Lord God, to a very familiar thought. But Lord God, eternal truth is always fresh. And I thank thee for the word of the Lord. I thank thee that thy word is truth. I thank thee, Lord, that what I'm reading out of this Bible is not a fairy tale, not just some little Christmas tale that got this holiday started. But Lord God, this holiday, if you want if we can call it that, started because of this great eternal truth. Help us, Lord, to see the Lord today as more than a little baby in a manger, but may we see him magnified and high and lifted up. And Lord, I pray you'd lead God and direct today, day in everything said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the account in Luke predates the account given in Matthew. For in Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18, we're dealing with the actual birth. What we saw in Luke's gospel was leading up to the birth, um, but... In Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, he explains in detail things right around that birth time. And he says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now I've heard, I've heard some strange things relative to this statement. Um, I've heard some perverse preachers try to make this into an actual physical relationship between Mary, who was a virgin, and some spirit being that they would refer to as the Holy Ghost. That, as far as I'm able to tell, and as far as I'm concerned, is blasphemy. There was no physical relationship between Mary and the Lord. There was simply the power of God Almighty placing within her womb a holy seed. Amen. One that would come forth. And be born into this world. That would save every sinner. That would put their faith and trust in him. And I'm glad praise God to be among that number. I'm preaching today on the birth. Of Jesus. So notice. The first thing in Matthew you see. Is that conception. That divine conception. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And in verse number 20. Um The latter part of the verse, the angel or the, the angel of the Lord in a dream told Joseph that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so we, I I doubt seriously if there's a skeptic in this church house this morning, I doubt it. But if there is. I want you to know something, you're not saved. You, there is not one believer, not one, not one believer on this earth planet that does not believe in the virgin birth of the Son of God. Well, preacher, I just can't hardly handle that. Then you've classified yourself. You put yourself in a category of unbelieving people. Because believing people accept what this Bible says and believe what this Bible says. Yea, we have been born of what this Bible says. This is not Hansel and Gretel. This is not a story about Rapunzel, let down your hair. This is about Jesus who left heaven's glory. The eternal son of God became the son of man. Only God Almighty could bring this to pass. The conception was divine. Then not only in this story do you see a story about her conception. But then someone would say, is there any corroboration to this? You know, when you go to court um, and you make a statement, they say, can you corroborate this testimony? And um, there's corroboration given... Even in this um, scripture here. But, well, preacher, is there anything else we can appeal to Yeah, His name's Isaiah. And 710 years before this story, Isaiah said, The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Can you imagine what they thought about? When Isaiah made that statement, uh, when that when that was pinned down, a virgin shall conceive. I'm wondering if that crowd didn't kind of look at him like a calf looking at a new gate, thinking, "Man, you have lost it, Isaiah." We kind of worried about you along and along, but now we know you have gone over the over the edge. Isaiah wrote what he wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, and 700 years later. In the fullness of the time, when the fullness of the time was come, a virgin conceived. Amen. So, is the testimony of Mary? You got the testimony of Mary. She said, how can this thing be? See, I know not a man. I'm a virgin. I've never in my life been with a man and now... The angel of God is here telling me, I'm going to have a baby. Not only am I going to have a baby, I'm going to have one named Jesus. And not only am I going to have a baby named Jesus, but he shall be called the Son of God. She was as amazed as the rest of us. Not only is there conception and corroboration in this story, but I see also a story of compassion. For in verse nineteen, the Bible said, "Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately." Now, keep in mind, keep keep in mind what we read in Luke is actually before what we're reading in Matthew. So, somewhere between what was written in in in, in Luke's gospel. And what Matthew recorded in his gospel, somewhere in that interim between the time the angel of God came and visited Mary and told her that she was going to conceive. And she was, you know, she was amazed and, but somewhere between then, and, and, and she was already a spouse to Joseph. She knew that she was going to be married, but she also knew that she had kept herself pure. And um, that she was a virgin, somewhere between then and what we're reading in Matthew, Mary has to reveal to her husband to be, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. Now, you put yourself, will you put yourself in his shoes for a moment? Um, we got a number of married people in the church, and before you got married, I mean, and you knew that you hadn't been together, what if your wife-to-be walks up to you one day and says, um, uh, you know, there's something I need to tell you. And they say, "Um, I'm going to have a baby. And your first reaction would be, what? I I cannot believe what I'm hearing. And you'd have backed off. And the average one of us in here would have said, well, this is the end of this relationship. Um, You know, if I can't trust you now, why would I be able to trust you later? And there'd have been a cutoff. But um, Joseph is a just man and not willing to make her a public example. And I see in this compassion, he knows Mary, he knows her quite well, and though she is confessing to him that she is going to have a baby, he's still, there's something in his heart for this Young girl. And he doesn't want to put her on display. He doesn't want to make public shame of her. So he's minded to put her away privately. And so nobody else will know. Now, I said all that to say this. It do us all a whole lot of good to have some compassion on other people. Whenever, whenever we are hit with something or something Smites our heart and we think, oh, that's just sorry. That's just low down. It do us some good and them some good as well. If we'd have a little bit of compassion on people instead of being ready to chop their legs out from under them. Say amen right there. I mean, we're all too, you know, we we read the scripture, judge not lest ye be judged. But we're all too ready to chop somebody up, especially for doing something we don't do. Now you think about that, you'll get it in a minute. We're not bad to condemn them for doing things we do. less than just total hypocrites. But we're bad to condemn people doing stuff we don't do. And uh, Joseph, but Joseph had some compassion in his heart. I'm preaching to us today, church, this Christmas season. Let's approach this coming year with some compassion in our heart. So that we don't just want to sit and beat people down whenever they mess up. Every one of us messes up. I'm glad somebody had mercy on me. I'm glad my God had mercy on me. I'm glad he didn't look down and treat me like I've treated other people. Bless his name. So in this story, you do, you do see an illustration of compassion coming from a man who would have been, in our mind, completely justified in sin. You know, and, and, and by the way, he was going to put her away, but he was just gonna do it privately. It'd be a whole, be a whole lot better if you could settle your arguments privately. If you can settle your disagreements privately. If, if Tim and Ben have a fallen out, the whole church doesn't need to know about it. Say amen right there. You deal with things privately. If Brother Dale and Brother Ken Parker has a falling out, the church doesn't need to know about it. Say amen right there. If Lockie and Sister Ruth has a falling out, nobody needs to know about it except them. And if they can settle it them thank God, then it's done. So Joseph was going to do something privately. But he was going to put her away. And in this text of Scripture, you you also see contemplation. Look at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, while Joseph thought on these things, my wife-to-be has come to me and has claimed that she is going to have a baby. And by the way, there's no indication in here Maybe she did, but there's no indication that Mary said, but wait a minute, Joseph, um, the baby's from God. Maybe he did, or maybe she did say that. But let me ask you another question. If you were engaged and your mate or your mate to be came to you and said, I'm going to have a baby, and they said, oh yeah, it's um, from the Holy Ghost. And his name's gonna be called the Son of God. What would you think then? Amen. But Joseph wanted to put her away privately, but he was, he began to think. He began to contemplate about the situation. Maybe she did tell him. And he's just pondering in his mind, can this possibly be? I must admit, I would have a hard time believing that story. I mean, we know we're talking about something that goes completely contrary to science. Completely contrary to nature. Amen. Don't none of you young young girls um, come up, go have a baby and try to convince your preacher that you're a virgin. I ain't going to believe you. Say amen right there. You just might as well mark her down right now. We will not believe you. But Mary... As Joseph is contemplating, and I said all that to say, it would do us well to contemplate and think about the things of God. Think about the miracle work and power of God. Think about how our Lord came into this world. It would do us well to contemplate. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You want your, do you want your meditations and your thoughts to be acceptable in the sight of God? Think on the things of God. Joseph began to think on these things. And not only then is there contemplation. And in, in his thinking process, thought process, how am I going to do this? i am I going to put her away privately? I don't want to make a spectacle out of her. But notice also there's communication in this scripture. And may I remind all of us that he that willeth to do his will shall know of the doctrine. You really want to do the will of God? You'll know. No, no, not don't, don't, don't talk about God's will being so hard to find. If you really want to do the will of God, you will contemplate on the things of God The Spirit of God will lead you by this blessed Word of God. And the next thing you know, you will be getting communication. God God saw a man that was probably in somewhat of distress, but a man at the same time who was compassionate. And the Lord said, I'm going to communicate with old Joseph. What does the Bible say there in verse number 20? While he thought on these things, behold the angel of the Lord. It's the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure in my heart, whenever Joseph heard that, though this, listen, the Bible says, That he's thinking and God the Lord shows up in a dream. But I can imagine even in his dream he breathes a sigh of relief. Have you ever been engrossed in a dream? I mean, it's some of some of this crazy stuff, and and then when you wake up you, man, I'm glad that was a dream. Well, when he woke up, it wasn't that I'm glad it's a dream. But it was, I'm glad, thank God my God thought enough about me to put my mind at ease. Amen. God's going to do something great with my with my wife to be. But now he's let me in on what's going on. Amen. If you want to know what's going on or going on with the things of God, think about the things of God. And the Lord's apt to show you. I'm not saying he's going to show you in a dream, but I guarantee you he'll show you in this book exactly what you need to know. He'll show you why you need to know it. He'll show you, So, well, I don't know where to go. He's apt to even show you where you need to go, what you need to do when you get there, amen? Because God's a good God to communicate with His people. So well, why didn't He didn't give me nothing like He did, Joseph? You don't need it. Why in the world, Preacher Ken, would the Lord have to show up to us in a dream trying to explain anything? But we got the whole book of God. I've got a Bible, a completed Bible. I don't need a dream or a vision or none of the rest. What I need is to be well acquainted with what God said did happen that brought into this world one who would be the redeemer of Israel and by extension the redeemer of all those who have trusted him by faith. Glory, hallelujah. So you see, conception... Corroborated testimony, compassion, contemplation, communication. And then you see, I'm going to use my last point next to last. You see the consummation of all of this. In verse 25, he knew her not, that is Joseph, knew her not. He did not have husband-wife relations with her till... She had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the consummation of this um, chapter can I call it this chapter in God's Plan of Redemption? Old oh, Dr. T. T. Martin wrote a book entitled "God's Plan of Redemption." And it's worth reading. And I'm telling you neighbor. This thing started a long time ago. Way back yonder as a matter of fact. In the Garden of Eden. The promise was given in Genesis chapter 3. And I believe it's verse number 14. Where he promised that the seed of the woman. Would bruise the head of the serpent. And everybody in here knows. That the woman does not produce the seed. She didn't have to produce the seed. Thank God God did that and placed it in a virgin's womb so it could rightfully be said, The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. That was, that was written or that was recorded as being stated even in the Garden of Eden before they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. The seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. And I'm glad, praise God, we stand here this morning having been born again of that incorruptible seed by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. And beloved, I am not even half worried about the devil winning out in the end. The consummation was what we read about over in... Luke's gospel, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. There was my Lord, with the donkeys and the horses or whatever else, matter. it was probably in a cave, that that place where the animals were kept, they had it hollowed out in a cave, but that's where our Lord came into this world. I'm glad he wasn't born in a palace. I couldn't identify with him. I'm glad he wasn't born wealthy. Well, though He's he owns the earth and the fullness thereof. When he came into this world, it was foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. The son of man have not where to lay his head. I'm glad the Lord's able to communicate with us and able... To put within us His Spirit. Oh, this high and mighty crowd ain't never going to get saved. They're going to die and go to hell without God. While little simple folk like us just hadn't got no better sense than believe God Amen. and trust the Lord and be born of His Spirit, be washed in His blood. The consummation was that she brought forth her firstborn son, and He called His name Jesus. That's so what the angel said his name was going to be. And now when the Lord's born, i can going say, and Mary already knew it. Maybe somebody said, what's his name going to be? And Joseph stands up and says, Jesus, Jesus. The name Jesus means Savior. Amen. Amen. The name Christ is not his last name. It's his title. The na- The word Christ means the anointed one. He is the anointed savior of this world. Nobody. They sang a while ago. They went to the tomb of Buddha. And there was his old bones. Or there he was. And Mohammed's bones are still there. The grave clothes still there. But thank God you can hunt and peck all you want on this earth and you will never find the bones of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they don't try to put out one of these so-called TV specials and claim they found his bones. You know what we'll do? Laugh. Amen, we will mock them because they dare mock him. don't don't worry child of God they're not going to find the bones of your Lord this bunch can't get out of their own way amen they're not going to they're not going to dethrone the Lord Jesus Christ but that was the consummation of it but I want to leave you with this thought the crystallization how did what does all this mean how does it Crystallized. What is the overreaching point of all of this story? And it's found there in verse number 22 and following. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they, and here it is, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us that is the crystallization of the whole matter the Lord God had visited this earth planet along and along through the ages of the prophets and through the ages of the judges and the angel of the Lord would show up and he would do this that and the other and even prior to that when um the Lord visited Abraham and, and there's all kinds but It was the Lord, well, he came and he went. But now it's going to be something different because his name is going to be Emmanuel. And that means God with us. Again, the E-L on the end goes to truth about God and who he is. And church today, God is with us. Oh, but preacher, he's not with us. Even Jesus himself ascended back to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah, but he also did something else after he left. As a matter of fact, he told him, he said, if I go not away, he said, the comforter won't come. He said, but if I go away, I'll send you another comforter. And God is with us unto this very day. Now, as Jesus walked this earth planet, He was God, manifest in flesh. For in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So rightfully, when you saw Jesus, you could say, that's God. But when he went away, somebody said, but God left. No, no. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came. Not only to baptize the church into one body, but to abide with us and in us. And John said he shall be in you forever. So as we sit here today, we sit and God sits with us and God dwells with us and God dwells in us. And God, oh, you said, but preacher, I thought he was on the throne. Oh, he is. But God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we sit here today enjoying the presence of God Almighty. Somebody already mentioned today, I sense the presence of God in the house of God. Amen, Wouldn't you rather go to church where you can sense the presence of God? I've been to some, so help me, and I had to look under pews, and I couldn't find it but I love coming to the house of God when you can sense the presence of God. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen. I've been a time or two even where I was. Oh, dear Lord, where are you today? Sometime he just doesn't show out. Amen. He always shows up in every day. He doesn't always just show out. Amen. But I'm glad, praise God, sometime he shows out. And I, I, Amen, amen. amen brother. It's good to be saved, y'all. It's good to know your name's written down. And it's all because of what I'm just reading here. Had Jesus never come into this world, we'd not have the abiding presence of God. Amen. That first Christmas morning, what we call Christmas morning, actually probably born in September. And I could, we could get into that, but that's an argument for another day. That's when the early church, by the way, the early church celebrated the birth of Christ in September. And it got morphed over to the winter solstice time. That is, that's, I mean, that's just the truth. But I'm glad, praise God, if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be celebrating his birth today. And I don't care when you celebrate it. But I'm glad, thank God, we can celebrate it. Because what we're celebrating then really is more than just the birth of a baby. We're celebrating the fact that God came to dwell with man. Amen. And he would live and then die on a cross. Jesus, this same Jesus, would grow up and become a man and do great and mighty works and do miracles. And raise people from the dead and establish the truth about who he was and what he was. And this sin cursed world did one thing with him. They crucified the Prince of Glory. Oh, but preacher, why? Why would God have allowed that? You're looking at why God allowed that. So he could save something like me. Have you been born of this great truth? Have you really, really embraced this to the point that it has changed your life and transformed you and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus? For when someone embraces the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of this Jesus, when they embrace that as their own salvation, Thank God it does something. It changes them and makes them to be a new creation. Have you accepted him today? If you don't know the Lord and the free pardon of sin, it'd be an awful good time for you to make your way to an old bench. Bow on your knees and say, Lord, I want this salvation. Boys, I appreciate the Spirit. These folk are singing today, Nick, the amen. quartet across here a while ago. And, amen. If you knew him, or if you felt him the way I feel him, I know we're not saved by feelings, but sometimes, thank God, it feels right nice. I feel sorry for people that go through this old life and never, never sense the presence of God in their life. Never sense that divine stirring within their soul. I feel sorry for Don't feel sorry for us, world. We have believed God and God has smiled upon that faith and said, if you believe me, I'll show you what I'll do. I'll save you by my grace and I'll give you the gift of eternal life and you will never perish. Are you a believer?
1: Thank you for joining us for today's pulpit hour brought to you by the Preaching Channel. To listen to this message once again in its entirety, for a free download of this message or a variety of any other messages, or to listen to preaching 24 hours a day, you can visit the Preaching Channel at wgcrpreaching.net. If you don't have download capabilities, feel free to call and order a CD copy of today's message at 828-884-9427.